What's going on, everybody? Elliot Shore Parks here with Matt Lombardo. No huddle show, and Matt, I honestly don't even know how to begin this. The Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Yeah. <laughs> We've been talking about this ever since that Thursday night game against the Carolina Panthers. I remember talking to and you And we all that thought night. it would happen this way. Exactly. And, and you know what's really neat about this celebration after the game? And we'll get into the matchups. We'll get into how they won the game and all those things. But what really struck me, Elliot, was talking to all the players, whether mm. it was Lane Johnson saying that, you know, this is one Super Bowl championship, but he wants to bring many more back to Philadelphia. Yeah. Whether it was Malcolm Jenkins talking about how he couldn't wait to get back to Philadelphia because he wanted to get there before the city burns. Whether it was Chris Long saying this was the most special team he's ever played for. These guys really grasp what football means in Philadelphia and what this franchise means to Eagles fans. And, you know, you said it in the locker room. You've covered four Super Bowls. This was a different kind of post-game celebration than either Th- one of this us This was seen. It was literally like what you see in a movie. That's the only way I can describe it. When the first time I walked in a Super Bowl locker room was like four years ago, and I was like, this is it? This feels like a Tuesday at the NovaCare. We walk in there, Fletcher Cox is running around with the champagne bottle. There's, you know, people are throwing stuff around. People are jumping on chairs or videotaping everything. The They're players are hugging each other. They're passing around the Lombardi trophy. Yeah, people are crying. They're all taking photos. It was, it was a zoo. And I mean, I said this after the game, but like, it, it should be. Because, you know, I've seen four, four teams win Super Bowls that I've covered, and I've seen many more in my life. This did feel like, you know, I mean, a special one. I mean, the Eagles yeah. have never won a Super Bowl and it's almost unreal to say that now they have. Like, it doesn't almost compute. Yep, they're out of that dubious distinction of never having won one. Yeah. And, you know, th- this game, and I-, I have a story going up about this on NJ.com on Monday morning, it was about the un- unsung heroes. I mean, i got to mm. give you a lot of credit. You said Corey Clement would be an X-Factor, and he made a legitimate case for MVP tonight. You talk about Nelson I Aguilar. said Alshon wasn't that good. And, oh, hey, wait, wait, never mind. Caught, caught a touchdown tonight. <laughs> I had to bust your one of the more, One of the more amazing – I tweeted this, and people were like, oh, but one of the more amazing – and catch I've ever seen with my own two eyes. Yep. When you take into, into account the level of difficulty, the concentration it took, the stage, I mean, he, he was amazing. So. Yeah, I thought he played a great game tonight. Nelson Aguilar, who I've been talking about ever since the Atlanta playoff game, that they needed to get him the ball in space. You saw him line up in the backfield tonight along the goal mm-hmm. line. You saw him catch wheel routes. You saw him run end arounds. Doug really did a nice job utilizing Aguilar's speed. The offensive line, Jason Kelsey's an all-pro this year for the first time, and I think that I could count four or five times off the top of my head where Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick sent extra pressure right up the middle. Yeah. And before it could get there, Kelsey picked up the block and Foles stepped up in the pocket and delivered a strike. So I, I just look at all of the unsung heroes. And one thing that I, I want to get to real quick, Elliot, as I thought about this on the shuttle on the way back over here, um, I look at this game and I look at the way Doug Peterson has had to change this offense to run pass options, to build an offense around Nick Foles. The fact that they needed to hold a two-day training camp prior to the Atlanta Falcons game where players told us this week it was the most intense practices since the summertime. I really think that they won this Super Bowl because of Carson Wentz's injury. I think it forced Doug Peterson to look at things differently, scheme things differently, and he coached the game of his life tonight on the biggest stage against the greatest coach of all time. Yeah. I mean, look, all week on Radio Row, people said – Doug's the perfect coach to go against Belichick because he won't coach Garrett. He'll stay aggressive. And you saw that throughout the game. I mean, first of all, the trick play on fourth down at the goal line where he had Foles go up to the line of scrimmage. He pretends as if he, you know, he's having trouble snapping the ball. And then he runs in for the end zone. I mean, you talk about the balls it takes to call that play on the Super Bowl, let alone to call it at the goal line at the one. I mean, that was just the Philly special. Yeah. I mean, and the, you know, it, it went on Twitter that I guess Foles ran that play in high school. Um, 
that was just an unreal play. I mean, the throw was perfect. Foles did a great job catching it. Earlier in the game, of course, Brady has a ball thrown his way, and he dropped it. But you could really just tell. So when the when the game first started, first of all, the energy in the stadium was unreal. Off the charts. I mean, like, I remember uh, sitting next to Steve Politi, our colleague, and saying, you know, I don't know if they can maintain this. I mean, just the, the intensity they were playing with, the feeling in the stands. I mean, every play felt like it was a fourth down play in the fourth quarter with yep. the Super Bowl on the line. I mean, even, you know, a first and ten. It was just – it was insane. And I think you saw – a little bit in the third quarter, the Eagles, they looked pretty tired. But at the time when the Eagles looked like they were really going all after, after it and the Patriots seemed calm, I thought they're gonna. this could be the reason the Eagles blow it. But in retrospect, I think the Eagles just, they played harder than the Patriots yeah. tonight. I think they broke more tackles. The Patriots certainly moved the ball, obviously, with 33 points. But a lot of their plays came from, you know, just breakdowns on the defense. Um, the cornerbacks struggled with the Patriots receivers like I thought they would. But I thought that Jim Schwartz had a really tough third quarter and early fourth quarter. I thought that Bill Belichick went into halftime, made the adjustments. They started getting the ball to Gronk in shallow passes over the middle, really exploiting bad matchups against the Eagles linebackers. And he even found a way to get Gronk isolated against Ronald Darby for a touchdown. And the, a couple of plays that really jumped out to me, Elliot, were when the Eagles sent extra pressure. And it mm-hmm. was a zone blitz, but the pressure was coming up the middle. And the Patriots center picked up the extra rush, and Brady threw where that blitzer was supposed to be had he not you know brought extra pressure right and I thought that wow here we go Brady's going to do his thing Brady's going to you know execute at a high level against the blitz as he has through his whole career but to the Eagles defense's credit they went from duds to studs on the biggest play of the game when Brandon Graham came up the middle he lined up a defensive tackle that play was crazy forces the strip sack Derek Barnett recovers it and I talked to Barnett afterwards and he said you know we practice that every single day we practice stripping the ball out of the quarterback's hands every single day because anybody can get a sack, but you're a really good player if you can get a strip sack. And, and Graham's great the at best that. play of the year. And look, I tweeted this after the game. I said, you know, Brandon Graham's been one of the best defensive ends in the NFL for the last two years. He just hasn't really gotten the recognition I think he deserves. The defensive line was spotty tonight. Um, you know, they didn't get as, as much pressure as everyone thought they would. But in the biggest moment, in the biggest game, I mean, it's going to go down as one of the biggest plays in franchise history. There'll oh, be that sure. there'll be that picture of Brandon Graham hitting the ball out of Tom Brady's hands over the wall, all over a wall at the Novacare. Brandon Graham stepped up, and now the world knows. I mean, this is a guy that week in, week out, dominates from the defensive end position, does it against a run, does it against the pass, is great at creating turnovers. And you saw it tonight, I mean, biggest play at the biggest moment of the game. And when we're watching that, and all of a sudden, I mean, so to me, let me take it back a step. To me, I thought the play of the game, in a lot of ways, was the fourth and one play uh, with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. The Eagles have the ball at their own 45-yard line. The Patriots just took the lead. I think it was 33-32 or something like that. So fourth and one, um, their third down play was pretty disastrous, didn't work. That was a tough call for Doug. I mean, look, on one hand, I think that in some ways, the way the Patriots are moving the ball, you had to go for it. But on the flip side, I mean, five and a half minutes to go, the Patriots are moving the ball that way. If you miss that, the Patriots are probably guaranteed at least a field goal. And I think if they miss that fourth down, they don't win the game. And so you look at that play, not only did Doug step up and make a great call, everyone involved on that play did a great job. Yep. Foles, who his first time around in Philadelphia, could never handle pressure up their middle. Pressure comes right at him. He sidesteps it. Someone else is coming, leans back, throws the ball to Ertz, who catches it, makes a tough catch, and then reaches the ball across to make the fourth down. I mean, that you know that play might not get repeated again and again. It won't be the strip. It won't be the touchdown by Foles. It won't be the amazing catch by Alshon. 
That play won him the game, and I think really and the the game winning touchdown when he caught it and dove into the end yeah zone that a was a, plays yeah. later. I mean, I, I can't speak highly enough of Zach Ertz. I think you can make yeah. a legitimate case that Zach Ertz is the MVP of this team this year because it's easy to look at Carson Wentz and the numbers, and you can look at the fact that he had 33 touchdowns in 13 games. You can look at what he did to put the Eagles in a position to make a Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. But Nick Foles finished the job, right? And I think that no player outside of maybe Alshon Jeffrey was more instrumental in Carson Wentz's improvement and development this year and then the offense seamlessly transitioning to Nick Foles than Zach Ertz. I mean, I tweeted this during the game. How many third-down conversions has Zach Ertz had this year? How many fourth-down plays? How many big touchdowns? He had the game-winning touchdown tonight um, on a play that could have gone the other way, but there was a little bit of controversy when he dove in and the ball popped loose. But he Which, was by the way, was... So it was clearly a, catch. a touchdown. It was, yeah. it was a catch the whole way. But I think that, you know, you talk about Brandon Graham. You talk about Zach Ertz. I wrote before the game that they're two of the players that could become household names in the Super Bowl. And I think they both carved out legacies tonight. And, you know, we're going to be talking about this game 20, 30 years down the line. And we're going to talk about the strip sack. We're going to talk about that fourth down conversion and the Ertz touchdown as key reasons why they won that game. Yeah, absolutely. So, you want to talk about Alshon a little bit? Seems only a fitting way to uh, end this season to talk about Alshon. He was unreal in the first half. I mean, some of those catches he made, he single-handedly carried this offense. The catch he made in the end zone was amazing. He did another really great one along the sideline. Unfortunately, he had that pass where he kind of kicked off his foot and was intercepted. But when you talk about this Eagles team going forward, and we'll have off-season, all offseason to talk about it, but... Plays like tonight, seeing Alshon make those plays, those are number one receiver type plays. Yep. In that moment, making that catch, he was he was amazing. And, I mean, look, for all the credit he deserves from it, he certainly deserves a ton of it. Foles was just absolutely on the money tonight. I mean, his passes, what did he, what did he end up with? I don't have the game book in front of me. But, I mean, he was unreal. His, his passer rating is yep. probably through the roof. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I look at me. I look at Alshon, and the same thing you can talk about Ertz. I wrote about it on Sunday morning before the game that you know you can look at this team's ascent this year by bringing in Alshon Jeffrey. Now everything we said about Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey created space underneath. Alshon Jeffrey made big catches, and he had his biggest games in the playoffs. He put mm-hmm. this team and this offense on his back against Minnesota last week with two touchdowns. He essentially guaranteed a victory in the Super Bowl during Super Bowl week, and he catches the first touchdown in the game on an incredible catch, maybe an even better throw by Foles. So I I just look at what he did to this team, and it's one of the reasons why I think that they have a chance to have a changing of the guard Mm -hmm. in the NFL. Um, Certainly felt that way. I mean, you look at the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, they put up 33 points. They played well. I'm not going to sit here and say they look like a bad team. But, man, there's about to be a lot of turnover on that team. The Eagles... We'll, you know, we'll talk about this all offseason. There will be some turnover. There always is. But, I mean, think about this. They just beat the Patriots without Carson Wentz, Jason Peters, Jordan Hicks, Chris Maragos. I mean, all these players they've lost. Um, even, you know, I was writing about, I was writing about why they're going to be a good team for a while. And it sounds silly to say, but Donnell Pumphrey, not that he's going to be some huge contributor, but, like, that's your fourth-round pick that didn't play a snap for you right. this season. Like, who knows? I mean, this team should be improved next year. Sidney and, Jones played two meaningless quarters against the Dallas right, Cowboys exactly. in Week 17, and he was a, a top three player at the deepest and most talented position in the draft class last year. So it, you're going to get a boost from Sidney Jones next year. Um, one more quick thing about Ella, uh, Doug Peterson, Elliot. I, I talked to um, former Eagles wide receiver Jason Avant, who mm. played with Nick with uh, uh, Doug Peterson. Peterson here in Philadelphia, followed him, coached with him, yep, in Kansas City, and, you know, I just want to have a mea culpa moment right now, I'll give you the opportunity to have the same, we were all dead wrong about Doug Peterson, and, you know, the one thing that 
Jason Avant told me this week was he knew that Doug was going to be this type of a head coach because he was always trying to innovate. He was, And this, this really jumped out at me. He said that he would take West Coast offense blocking schemes and try to run college plays behind them, the run pass options, the Philly special trick play, um, the things that you see in a wide open spread offense in college, Doug's doing them behind a West Coast offense blocking scheme with maybe the best offensive line in football. So a lot of credit goes to Doug there. And Jeffrey Lurie talked in the locker room after the game, and he said that Doug has the perfect combination of aggressiveness and togetherness that yields world championships. I mean, look, the fourth and one play, that was what Chip Kelly was supposed to be. Yep. That the goal line when he runs that Philly special play, it's pushing the right button at the right time. It's calling a, a trick play that no one saw coming. It's being innovative on offense. It's having trust in your players. It was really everything that you want to see out of your head coach in one play. And look, I mean, you know, they're Super Bowl champions again. So there's going to be a lot of hyperbole. There's going to be a lot of bold statements. I don't see how you can't look at Doug as the best head coach in the league right now. I agree. I mean, I seriously, agree. he just beat – he just beat – I keep calling him Brian Billick all week. I, he, just, <laughs> <laughs> he just beat Bill Belichick. Uh, he brought his team with basically half the team as a backup. Um, I mean, I don't see who he would make an argument for. He's a Super Bowl champion, and I keep going back to this. Training camp last year, me and all the writers, I'm sure you were around. I don't remember specifically, so I don't want to tag you in it if not – we would all joke, who's gonna? What's gonna be a higher number? Doug career coaching yeah. wins or yeah. more career uh, touchdown catch passes? He only had twelve in his career. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, I keep coughing. That's it's been, right. been a long night. It's been a long week it's in been, uh, yeah. freezing cold Minnesota. But no, you're absolutely right about that. And I, I don't think that you can credit Doug Peterson or this coaching staff enough from the way that they've changed and schemed the offense around Nick Foles to the way that they kept this team bought in and together like we talked about earlier when Carson Wentz got hurt. And, and you just think back at this ride, Elliot, and it's it's kind of wild to think at every loss along the way in terms of guys that went down. Jason Peters, Hall of Famer. Jordan Hicks, All-Pro. Darren Sproles, Fringe Hall of Famer. Carson Wentz, your franchise quarterback. Chris Marigos, your special team's ace. These guys never wavered. And, yeah. you know, Chris Long said it's the most special team that he's ever played on, and I think there's something to be said for that. So what's one moment you'll remember from tonight? Like, I mean, because we, we can talk X's nose of this game, and I think there's, you know, obviously Doug called a great game. Nick played, Nick Foles played amazing. There's ton of ton of things to talk about X and O-wise, but when we look back on tonight, there'll be things we remember, but not a lot of them will probably be in the game. A lot of them will be, like, after the game. Yeah. So what's one thing you'll remember about tonight? Well, uh, we'll go... Bigger picture Eagles first, and that was Brian Westbrook taking it upon himself to lead the whole stadium in flight. That was an fly. amazing scene. And we videoed it. It's up on NJ.com slash Eagles right now. Elliot, it felt like Lincoln Financial Field North. It yeah. felt like a home game. I mean, it was unbelievable. There's, I mean, yeah, we'll just go back and forth. I mean, one thing I think I'll remember is Marcus Johnson, a guy that, to me, obviously didn't play a big role in the team this year, but in some ways, like, kind of shows what this team's all about. Last year, he hurts his hamstring. He gets cut. He's out of the league. He bounces around. Comes this year, makes the team, contribute, end up, you know, not playing a huge role towards the end of the season. But seeing him in the locker room and seeing, like, everything he's been through. He was on the pod earlier in the season. He talked about, you know, the doubts he had. He's almost in tears in the locker room, you know, with his teammates, the fact that he's a Super Bowl champion. And you saw that all over. Brent Selleck sang to one of the uh, – Eagles employees, you know, I can't wait to get those rings. Jason Kelsey uh, didn't get a chance to see this in person, but talking at the podium about a note his grandfather gave him and how, you know, it 
he was crying up there talking yeah. about how that note really, you know, motivated him and how he didn't get any scholarships coming out of college and, you know, I'm uh, sorry, coming out of high school. He didn't get like a ton of opportunity and now he's a Super Bowl champion. Everywhere you look on this team, there was those type of stories. But yeah, I mean, look, the Brian Westbrook thing was amazing. Them running out to Dreams and Nightmares intro by Meek Mill was insane. Yep. I mean, there was just... And I've got to give a helmet sticker to Jeffrey Lurie because after the game, I mean, this was a monumental weekend in Eagles history. Of course, they win the Vince Lombardi Trophy for the first time. It's their first Super Bowl championship. Brian Dawkins. Brian Dawkins goes in the Hall of Fame yesterday. Terrell Owens goes in the Hall of Fame yesterday. And sure enough, um, one of the first people was Jeffrey Lurie was kind of in the receiving line after taking a photo with the Lombardi Trophy with Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman. He pulled Brian Dawkins over, and he handed mm-hmm. Brian Dawkins the, the trophy, and they took a photo. And, and that took me back to Brian Dawkins leaving everything on the field for this organization for so many years and for him to get to experience this win yeah. as part of the organization and being in that locker room and Jeffrey Lurie, you know, taking a photo with him with the trophy, I thought that was a really classy move. And on his I part. always remember Ike Reese saying, I think it was probably a week ago, like, whenever you talk about this Eagles franchise, you talk about the McNabb years, the Reed years, the losses in the NFC Championship game, the great Super Bowl that they lost, that type of thing. And Ike, I remember Ike saying he wants new memories, and he was on those teams. So, you know... You know, he probably, to a certain degree, enjoys people talking about those teams. But he said he wants new memories. He wants his franchise to to have new things to talk about, and they sure do now. I mean, yep. oh, for sure, <laughs> Super Bowl champions. It literally just—it's insane to say. And I was thinking about this on the bus on the way back. Whenever we do these pods, we talk about you know, like what's next? What do they need to improve? Well, you know, what did they do well, and what does that mean about impacting going forward? The weird thing is, this team started their training camp whenever, I mean, their OTAs when everyone else did, started their training camp when everyone else did, play four, pre, four preseason games. They were here the whole season. There yep. was never a portion of the season that didn't involve the Eagles. Season's now over, and they're champions. Yep, they're champions. And cool personal story, um, my grandfather was there in 1960 at Franklin Field when they beat the Packers uh-huh. to win the NFL championship. Uh, my dad got to check off a pretty big bucket list item. He yep. flew out, um, got to hang out with us a little bit, and he went to the game. So he tied a full circle. He got to enjoy a Super Bowl. So for guys like my father, for guys like you know people who have been Eagles fans their entire lives, for the city of Philadelphia, I feel really good that everybody gets to bask in this moment. Yeah, and I mean, the cool thing is, so after the game ends, we're, you know, obviously doing a thousand things. We're trying to get to the locker room. We're posting things. We're shooting video. You don't really get a chance to look on Twitter and, like, really kind of see everything that's going on, which sucks because I like doing that and I like seeing what people are up to. For sure. But I can only imagine the scene in Philly in the moments. I mean, you know, what you said about you and your dad is awesome. Ray Didinger talking apparently was on Comcast and broke down in tears when his son came over to congratulate the fact that they had won. I mean, this really this really is something that the Philly community will talk about for forever. I mean, look, I do think they're going to win more Super Bowls. I think that with Wentz and Peterson and, you know, this defense and the young group of cornerbacks, which is crazy to think considering how we talked about at the beginning of the year, yep. I think they have a good chance to come back. I think they have a good chance to win one. But, man, like, there's nothing like your first. And this is going to be one. I mean, the Novacare will never be the same. The trophy will be around. There will be a new section of the wall dedicated to this season. Um, and that's another thing, too. Like, Malcolm Jenkins said this in the huddle prior to NFC Championship game. And he said, like, look, this team will never be the same. This is our last chance. This is it. Yep. And they, they did it. And I remember the, the hype videos the Eagles were doing. And he said, you know, one game's all we got. One game's all we need wasn't always pretty. There was definitely a point in the fourth quarter where I thought they were going to lose, but they didn't lose. And they started when everyone else did, and they ended at top. They're picking 32nd in the draft. For sure. <laughs> I mean, like the combine soon. I guess we'll, you know, we'll cover the combine and talk about the draft, but like 
they're champions. What can you say? I mean, you know, we'll always question them in a certain degree and that type of thing. But right now, they're looking pretty good. Yeah, and it was an incredible ride. It's one that, you know, I'll always remember because it was my first year full-time, full-time traveling on the beat. Echo leaves, you come on. And, the, you know, the Eagles turned the tie to the NFL. So um, this has been a lot of fun this year with you. I'm yeah. looking forward to see how we top it next year. And, I, you know, thanks to everybody who was listening to the pod all year long. You guys have done a nice job of helping us grow the show. Um, we appreciate all the five-star reviews, the feedback, the comments, following us on Ended Twitter. Ended with 524. Unreal. So we, we topped our goal of 500. Unreal. And I think it's safe to say that the Eagles topped their goal as well. So, look, I think we're going to wrap this up. It is – what time is it? It's almost 1 in the morning here in Minnesota. Uh, sorry if this podcast was a little rambled. Like I said – We're I trying to get with, our bearings. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you say in a moment like this. So, I you know, there will be another pod, obviously. We're going to keep bringing you content. The parade will, ha- will come. We'll have tons of stuff from that. I'm not sure when the next pod will be, but I promise you guys it will be soon, and I'll echo M- Matt's thoughts. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It's been a hell of a week. I mean, when they when I found out they made the Super Bowl, um, you know, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a lot of work, like, you know, blah, 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 blah. But now that it's over and I've done it, like, in 20 years, everyone that's listened to this podcast will listen back and they'll say, I remember where where you were when, when they won the Super Bowl. And for me, I, you know, I'll say I was here in Minnesota. For you guys listening, maybe you'll say you're with family. For, we're out in Minnesota. I mean, yeah. Elliot, there, there were a lot of Eagles fans in that building tonight. And, yeah. you know, they've taken over road games all season long. Why wouldn't they have done it in the Super Bowl? And parade's going to be insane. So, Matt, for the last time from Minnesota, and for the last time this season, we'll check off, and I will talk to you after the parade. See you at the parade.